0: Hey everybody, welcome back. Hover
1: B. Welcome back to another episode of Real Extra. Real Extra. We're here talking about a <laughs> little barely advertised.
0: Super underhyped.
1: Hardly any marketing.
0: You've probably not even heard um, of it.
1: Little, little theatrical experiment through the streaming service of HBO Max. Quick little jaunt. Uh... This features some classic characters that barely anybody knows about. Oh, yeah. They're, they're super uh, old. By a director who's done literally nothing.
0: Absolutely unfamiliar. Has
1: no clout on the internet at all. Yeah, I'm um, telling you've never heard of him. Justice League. Zack Snyder cut. <laughs> you ever heard of it?
0: Probably not.
1: <laughs> Probably not. That nobody's been talking about it at all. It's like last four years, nobody's been talking about it at all. I
0: don't even know if it exists.
1: (laughs) Some background for the uninitiated slash people who have been living in a yurt with their fingers in their ears for four years. Um, Justice League came out in 2017. It was supposed to be the flagship movie of a DC extended universe that would kick off a competitor to the Marvel. Cinematic Universe. Yes. It was going to be... It introduced some characters. It introduced a new Flash, played by Ezra Miller. It introduced Cyborg, played by Ray Fisher. Uh, It brought the whole team together. We got more Batfleck. We got more Gal Gadot Wonder Woman. We got more Hank Cavill. Yes, I call him Hank. We're close. Um, (laughs) My boy Hank, playing the... uh, He probably hates being called Hank. He's going (laughs) to... I need to. I need to erase this. <laughs> um, Henry Cavill playing Superman. Um, am I missing? Oh, Jason Momoa playing Aquaman. Oh yeah. In this sprawling epic that told the story of Steppenwolf coming to Earth looking for the Mother Boxes, um, in order to do something called the Unity. I think. I think it was called the Unity back then. Anyway, uh, he wanted to cram them all together to change the world into a something in the image of his home world. For some reason, his motivations were really sparse and that's part of the problem. It was pretty the movie Didn't do well. It got critically panned. It got panned by the fanship. It got panned by John Q public going out to see it. It was dark, gritty. The characters were kind of boring and flat. Uh, the two newest characters, um, the flash and cyborg got like barely any screen time or any time to really develop a personality. um,
0: the tone was super inconsistent. It would go from super edgy, dark, moody, broody to like weird, quippy, lighthearted, clearly Um, a, a very, a just moments. And,
1: uh, yeah. And the villains motivations were really hard to keep up with. Um, Steppenwolf was just kind of like a nothing character with no real motivations and no real connection to anything else. And it was just strange. And, Dark Side was just in this version, was just a mention on the wind in like a throwaway ish bit of dialogue. Uh, it didn't do well. Um, as time went by after the movie's release, um, there was like an extended version that got released, I think, or am I thinking of Batman v Superman? I think that was BBS. That was BBS. Um, anyway, people were talking about okay, what happened? And one big thing that happened is Zack Snyder had to leave the production. Um, due to familial issues, and Joss Whedon was brought in to finish it up. Um, Again, if you've been very far away from social media uh, lately, you know what Joss Whedon brings with him uh, as what's coming out into the air is that he brings with him a very toxic, diva-esque kind of work environment. Um, He's being called out for harassment and generally making things terrible for a lot of people on its productions. Um, Namely charisma Carpenter came out recently talking about it Uh, before she did um, came out on Twitter. Uh, Ray Fisher had been coming out talking about how Joss Whedon was toxic and abusive on the set of justice league and it was bad. Um, A lot of people, even before all of this non, not nonsense, but all this, you know, pouring out of the truth of what Joss Whedon brings with him. um, People were kind of pointing the finger at Joss and his reshoots and the things, choices he made and decisions he made and things started getting eked out little by little about how Joss decided that the flash and cyborg didn't need extra time. And there, there were scenes that didn't get done that were part of Zack Snyder's vision that Joss didn't feel like were as important. And, uh, I think was Joss the one that did the, was he responsible for the, the mustache or was that just a general WB production thing?
0: That was that because the reshoots needed to be made for whatever reason, um, Joss demanded that they reshoot that particular scene. And at the time, Henry Cavill was already under contract for Mission Impossible. And in his Mission Impossible contract, it stipulated that the Justice League shoots were not allowed to remove his mustache physically. So instead, they had to do so digitally. And it was
1: So the big meme pouring out of that in one of Henry Cavill's last kind of hurrahs as Superman is his digitally altered upper lip, which looks strange and uncanny. Um, and so the movie didn't do well and it had kind of a history. I don't remember when talk of the Snyder cut started coming up, but it wasn't, sh- it wasn't long after the release of the film that people started reaching out to Zack Snyder and saying like, do you have a cut of the film? Yeah. What was your plan for the film? Um, and at some point down the line, Zack Snyder, you know, called attention to the fact that a lot of the film was done by the time he had to leave. A lot of it was redone by Joss Whedon. Yeah. Um, and so there were things on the cutting room floor that were entire scenes and entire like collections of dialogue and character development, points. whole plot points, um, that were either on the cutting room floor or were left unfinished because he had to leave. Yep. Um, that grew and grew and grew into a huge social media campaign and a huge, just general push online in the fandom with hashtag release the Snyder cut, just flying all over the place. Um, and eventually WB decided, okay, we'll green light this. We'll do it as a special event. It's going to be on HBO max. Um, I don't know if it was going to be on HBO max initially, or if it was going to be just like a big release, but you know, by the time COVID and everything happened, it was going to be on HBO Max. It was going to be released as a, uh, as a, I think originally it was supposed to be like a miniseries. It was, was going to be like be four, four yeah. episodic things. And you can see that in the final product where it's kind of laid out. They ended up just releasing it as one big four hour chunk, which I think is better. I agree. I'm, I'm I'm here for that. I think they saw what was going on with like the Mandalorian and stuff. And they kind of wanted a piece of that. But then they realized like, nah, let's just do it. Um, anyway that's what we're here to talk to you about the Snyder cut it is out came out this past weekend um, and boy howdy does it fix a whole heap and helping of stuff <laughs> from the get-go one of the probably this project's biggest strength is its length Yes, it's the best, so much. The best thing it has going for it is how long it is. It yes. is a four-hour commitment, so you're going to need to set aside a chunk of your day. But because of that, it fixes one of the original movie's biggest weaknesses, which is that none of the characters really got enough time to develop. Yep. Even to the extent where the only really, going into Justice League, the only real character that... Uh, Had much time to develop, I guess. Characters Superman and Wonder Woman had their due, they had their time to develop, yeah. Um, but then you're introducing Aquaman, Cyborg, Flash, yep. And Batman had his run in BBS, but that was so that movie was so weighed down by the plot and so weighed down by trying to drum up a rapid conflict between Superman and Batman that we didn't really get to deal with Bruce and Batman that much in BBS. No. So even really going into this, you know, of the Trinity, only really two of the members had, like, a really strong foundation going in. And then Batman was kind of just, we knew kind of what his deal was. We kind of got a feeling for He's a little bit more rough Mm -hmm. and tumble. He's been through some stuff, you know? Yeah. But and that made it really jarring in the final project when the final product with of the Joss Whedon version, when Batman was very Bruce Wayne was very different from Batman. They were two different identities. Yeah. He played it. They decided to play this Batman very much the way Batman is. Bruce Wayne is a completely different character. But instead of it feeling like Bruce Wayne is something Batman dons in order to. Be like in order to exist outside of Batman. It yeah. kind of felt the opposite. It kind of felt like Batman is something this Bruce Wayne dons to do Batman stuff. Which is not Batman. So in meetings with the Justice League, he was very charming and quippy and flirtatious and, you know, playboyish and rich guy, you know? Yeah. And that was strange because we didn't have a lot of development of that. And that's a very different take on. Batman Bruce general. and Batman than yeah. what we've seen recently outside of like the old Joel Schumacher Tim Burton days you yeah. know what I mean Batman is very focused like if you look at Christopher Nolan and Christian Bale's Batman very focused on his duties as Batman very focused on his mission and his goal for Gotham and everything that's happening And then Bruce Wayne is just kind of this thing he puts on so that people can be like, oh, look, Bruce is out doing stuff. And then he's like, "Okay, back to the cave, you know.
0: And I mean, the comics very much articulate that the true identity living in the soul of that person is Batman. He is Batman. Bruce Wayne is a cover to throw people off Mm -hmm. the scent. Bruce Mm -hmm. Wayne is a cover to keep his business running so he can fund what he does at night. Like. It's why when you see him in comics working with the other like Justice Leaguers or whatever, you don't see him really take off his cowl because he's Batman. Yeah. That's what who he is. That's where he's most comfortable. He's not going to run around being Bruce. And that was a very jarring bit from the Joss iteration was that he was just very much Bruce first. And that's never really been Batman's M.O.
1: The um So yeah, even down to the very, one of the central characters of the entire plot of Justice League, Batman, he's given time to develop in this four-hour window. Yes. And I mean, so much so that it fits better. Honestly, like, I was not a huge fan of Batfleck. One of my biggest problems was it just felt like kind of just felt like in the initial one that it was an excuse for Ben Affleck to do another superhero. And he was like, whatever, I'm going to play it as is and didn't put any time into like being Batman or deciding what his Batman was. Right. Because especially when you dive into one of these really well-known superheroes as an actor or, you know, in tandem with the director and things like that, you really need to be like, how is mine going to stand out? You know, it's true. The, the Clooney's, the Kilmer's, the Keaton's, the Bales. Christians. <laughs> how is the a- Affleck going to stand out? You know what I mean? <laughs> I've just found a new frustration that I'm going to fixate on. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have a, st- a, a name. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> but, you know, how, how am I going to stand out? How am I going to be different? And, you know, it's something that every actor who has ever touched the Joker is faced with. Every actor who ever touched Superman is faced with. Every actor who, you know, is going to be the next Spider-Man, what they're faced with. Yep. It's how is mine going to stand out? How is mine going to be different? And it's obvious from this four hour, you know, production that Ben Affleck had a very solid idea going at least into Justice League. Maybe not as much going into BVS, but going into Justice League. Ben Affleck had a very solid idea of who his Batman was. It's true. And we see that fully on display. We see the transitions. We see him being Bruce Wayne, but being a little bit Batman-y to people. Yeah. And we see him being Batman and being a little bit snarky with people. And that's that's good. It gives us a vibe of who he is, which one's the mask, what his overall personality is, and how it bleeds into these two different personas that he puts on. Yep. And then, I mean, on top of that, on top of even just getting a better Batman we have two characters that were introduced in the original that just felt like, you know, you kind of got an idea like, oh, Barry Allen, the Flash, he's kind of the goofy, silly one. <laughs> and then Cyborg was like, I guess he's a robot because the only parts we ever saw of Ray Fisher Cyborg was the parts when he was being cold Cyborgy.
0: Yeah, I was like, oh, we got a broody robot
1: over here. <laughs> yeah. And in this, they get, you know, full kind of time to exist outside of their time joining the Justice League and Cyborg even gets a full kind of flashback backstory. Yeah. We get to see him struggling with his powers. We get to understand why he's so broody and why he's so angry at his father. Um, And God, like, the, the justice in Justice League is giving Ray Fisher's Cyborg a chance. 100%. Like, letting that actor portray that character and giving him time to give emotion to what's ultimately just kind of an angry machine character in the beginning is, it's wonderful. He did a great job. true. And without that four hour time limit, because I mean, from the get go, they were trying to jump into Avengers without all the setup movies, you know, like Avengers became Avengers after a bunch of characters already got set up and a bunch of other things and dc was like we don't have time for this team movie get the characters in there oh just cram them in i don't care if the lid won't close make
0: it fit oh god somebody sit on it we'll oh, zip it up
1: oh jeez. oh it's overflowing get a mop um and that was kind of how the first movie felt it was like okay you really wanted to get a flash in here you really wanted to get cyborg in here you know if you could have you probably would have crammed another green lantern in there you know what i mean like They just wanted like, we got to get our team movie and nothing felt right. But these characters are basically given in this movie like a good 30 to 45 minutes each to have more time to develop. And that's exactly what they need. They don't need a whole movie. They don't need an origin story movie and stuff. They just need. I mean, hell, this is Cyborg's origin story movie. Yep. You know,
0: I mean, it's interesting, too, because in this iteration, I'm not going to do too many spoilers on it, but. More characters were formally introduced in this than there were in the Justice the original iteration of the Justice League. Yeah, but everyone feels more fleshed out, even the ones who barely had had like two scene introductions, barely made cameos. You still kind of know what their deal is. They still are iterated in a very clear precise way. Their their introductions are impactful. It makes sense mm-hmm. and it, it it just sort of like works. It's not like it doesn't feel kind of crammed in the way that Cyborg and Flash were initially crammed yeah. in in the other in the other version. Exactly.
1: It it doesn't feel like they're here because the studio wants them to be here. It feels like they're here because they're important to the story.
0: Now, I will say I feel Ugh, I never thought this would be the day. I feel like I need to actively apologize because I was not a huge fan of BVS, and I honestly wasn't a huge fan of Man of Steel. I thought Man of Steel was fine. I didn't really like BVS. Um, I was wary about Zack Snyder's Justice League from back before any of the drama took place, um... Because I felt like he made everything very dark, very broody, and I thought that was kind of weird for the DC universe when it's not focusing solely on Batman. Um, And I I admittedly was kind of excited when it was like, you know, Zack has to step down, we're giving it to Joss. Joss had done really well by the Avengers and the Avengers movies made sense and I felt like the tone was on point and I having been a big Joss Whedon fan for a very long time for Buffy and Firefly and all of these things I you know put a lot of expectation and hope into the Joss iteration and mm-hmm. I feel like I glossed over some of the bad stuff because I was like oh well it probably would have been worse if zach had done it it probably would have been worse and you know I'm sure Joss did his best and all of these things yeah. well Hindsight is 2020 and in this year, our year of baby soups, 2021, um, (laughs) Joss does not have the understanding of character development that we always thought he did. And Zack Snyder knew what he was doing. And admittedly, I feel like I have made a 100% 180 turnaround on my opinion. Um, Because I feel like I now understand the vision that he was building with Man of Steel and BVS. I understand the darkness that he was importing. I understand the intent behind it, whether it was actually there from the very beginning or not. But seeing it as a whole now, seeing it as a progression and, and... why he started the way he did and why he inputted and made decisions he did from, from start to finish. I, I full on foot in mouth. I apologize because this, I, I, there were moments that I fangirled in this movie. I didn't do that in the original (laughs) one. So, you know?
1: Yeah. Uh, yes. I'm going to hit on a point, uh, that you made just now, but first I'm going to say, okay, Listeners, we've talked about it a good bit. We were talking about the length. There's a lot to unpack in this movie. So is it worth watching? Yes, 100% yeah, yes. it really is. It's, is it perfect? No. no. Uh, But it's an incredible superhero movie, and it does do a lot to fix various problems throughout the entire of the DCEU's run. Yes. From, you know suicide squad to batman v <laughs> yeah. superman to man of steel even to wonder woman 1984 kind yes, of
0: it does um, it's bizarre <laughs> it does a
1: lot to fix a lot of issues that they've had with a lot of their movies uh just a couple of pro tips going in one tip number one and this is something i imparted on t multiple times when we were digging through like the first 30 minutes do not look at this in terms of Oh, I need to, maybe I need to go watch the original theatrical version and then watch this. Oh, did this happen? Did this happen in the original one? Don't look at it as a director's cut. Go into this as if it were a brand new Entirely different movie. iteration. Um, so much has changed. So much has moved around. So much is reshot or dialogue is overdubbed or things are re-edited or things are just generally reorganized that it basically plays out like an entirely new film.
0: Zach actively has come out and said that not a single scene from this movie is from Joss's um, shoots. Yeah,
1: and were there scenes that I would have liked to see? Yes. Admittedly, one of my favorite scenes is Batman fighting the Parademon after he's taken on the random thug in Gotham. Uh, That movie was cut, or that scene was cut, and that's fine, because this is a completely different movie, and it's got plenty of its own spectacle moments. Yes. Second, it's important to remember that while this does fix a lot of stuff that happened, the aforementioned things that it, you know, takes a squeegee to and cleans up, um, which I'll cover a few of those next. But uh, one thing to remember is just there's no telling how much of this was us seeing Zack Snyder's original vision from 2017, 2016 when he first dove into making this movie. And this was the direction and the vision that he a hundred percent was going to take this movie, uh, following, you know, BVS and man of steel and getting all the wonder woman movies in there and getting like, there's, there's no real telling to be honest, to be honest. And if you don't think if you, Oh, Zack Snyder says this and this and this, like, come on. Dude's had four years to look at the old Justice League, look at Man of Steel, look at BVS, look at Wonder Woman, look at even now Wonder Woman 1984, look at Suicide Squad and all these different things and read all this stuff about people hated this, people hated this, people hated this, and has had that amount of time to craft this four-hour production into something that fixes those issues. It's true. And something that presents a vision that makes those issues more palatable. And so it's just important to remember that like, and I'm I'm not dunking on Zack Snyder. Like I I don't want to say I'm dunking on Zack Snyder. I've just heard a lot of people saying like, and the, the reason I bring this up is because if you, well, I'll just say it. This was in my opinion, one of the most disappointing films I've ever watched. Now I mean that in that I left disappointed because I'm not going to get any (laughs) more. It was was a serious feeling of disappointment when the credits rolled uh, because so much of that was fixed. But it's important to remember that a lot of that could have been reactionary, having four years of reactions to respond to. And while, yes, it would be great to get more out of that, just try not to look at it in a scope of this is what could have been. Plenty of it is what could have been, but again, isolate this production and accept it as its own sort of thing with its own sort of hints at stuff and like, ah, darn, it's a shame we'll never see more of this. And just don't let yourself get wrapped up in the, you know, unfortunately, a lot of these things tend to come with fan hate and fan anger about stuff and just don't, don't be one of those people. Just enjoy it. Don't, don't try to put it in too much of a scope of what could have been, because I just think it will hurt your overall experience of the movie. It's
0: true. If you don't think that this was formulated with four years of Zack Snyder sitting on Reddit threads going, oh, I could make that better. Well, I could <laughs> fix that part. Well, if yeah. they're mad about that, I could do that. If you don't think that that's not something that has yeah. happened and- over the past four years, which, like we say, hindsight is 2020 he's had four years to go oh well i probably wouldn't have done that to begin with but i'm definitely gonna do it now you
1: know what i mean yeah and again um it's not to say that all of that is how that is but there are massive restructures massive re-edits and massive reshoots for this film so you know anything that happened now could have easily been done as a reaction to yes. other stuff so it's just important to remember that this is its own thing so both of my pro tips basically point to the same thing <laughs> go in this with a new brain go in this accepting that it's its own thing yep and just don't be disappointed that we're not going to get any of it because i will tell you you will be because it the redemption that it provides to superman batman wonder woman flash cyborg aquaman all these characters aquaman is probably the only one that I kind of left the film feeling the same way the first time as the second time. Not that he didn't have more bits, but it was just kind of the same. Um, You could tell even in this version that they knew he had a movie coming soon. And they were like, we don't want to do too much. Yeah. You know, they didn't want to, but we got a little bit more from him and we got to see his motivations a little bit better (laughs) as opposed to what we got in the last one. But, um, you know, just go into this, experiencing it new experiencing it fresh. Don't try to compare it too much to the old thing. Don't try to look at it too much in the scope of what could be because you'll just, you'll hurt your overall experience of this. Mm -hmm. And it is a very, very good superhero film. It's just good. It's well done. It's very, very well done. And it's, it's heartwarming seeing some of these characters finally get their due course.
0: And I will say again, not to spoil anything for anyone, but if you are a comic reader, which you're listening to us, so I sort of assume that you are. Um, if you're a comic DC reader, there is much more fanfare and mm-hmm. and uh, nods to us as readers in this than there ever was in the theatrical release. Yeah, there are so many minute entirely superfluous details <laughs> that are in, that are articulated yeah. that only we would go oh, i know who that is i know what this is i know what that is and you get excited and yeah. i love and i know that we all feel this way that when you go in and you watch these movies we're all sitting here staring at easter eggs being like where's the easter egg i want to know this yeah. because it makes you feel proud as a fan as a reader to be like i know about this when the layman doesn't know about this because i'm part of this this you know this community i'm a part of the inside i mm-hmm. know these things and so we get really excited when we see these things and this movie had so many moments of like Oh yeah, that's yeah. awesome! Yeah.
1: And um, you know, it's it's true. All four hours bleed with it's it's an unapologetic love song to by a director that didn't get his fair due. You know what I mean? Like it's it's obvious that Zack Snyder had thoughts and ideas and passions that he wanted to put towards this project. Didn't get a chance to because His life got in the way in a very tragic way. And now that he's got a chance to come back to it, he's putting it all in. He's just like slamming his gloves onto the ground and like slide tackling this movie into the glass. (laughs) And it drips with this love that he has for this project and kind of this like drive he has for this project. And, you know, one thing I've heard a lot of people say is like, Oh, you know, four hours long. Like, I don't know if I want to get into that. It is divided into parts. Like we mentioned earlier, it was supposed to be episodic. So it mm-hmm. says part one, part two, part three, part four, blah. Uh, so you do have plenty of stopping points. Yeah, absolutely. Plenty of moments where you can just cut it off and be like, oh, you could watch it episodic if you wanted to. Yeah. Watch like an hour or so a night. Um, I've also heard people talk about like, oh, well, you know, director's cuts, that's usually just like extended dialogue scenes and like, oh, like stuff's longer now. Like, yippee. <laughs> That's not the case for this one. No, no. This is less a director's cut, and like I said, more of its own sort of. This is the Zack Snyder version of Justice League. It's
0: an entirely reimagined movie.
1: It's got a new intro. And by the way, I'm going to ramble off a few things. At this point, I'm going to ramble off a few things that are different in this one. Uh, If you want to be surprised, stop the episode now. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Um, But anyway, we're back. Thank you for staying um (laughs) he said to nobody who stayed uh so it's got a new intro it's got extended fight scenes uh between different characters as well as the initial combat with the amazons and steppenwolf steppenwolf's whole deal is redesigned and he's given more time to interact with things and given he's made less kind of innocuous and weird like in a lot of his original dialogue of his is very vague. And he like called the mother boxes mother and was like, yes, mother we will find them and stuff like that. He feels more like someone from apocalypse in this. Uh, His design, like I said, is redone. It apparently was Zach's original idea, but the production people decided it was too scary. Um, But he's now more of a hulking behemoth as opposed to just like a weird looking CGI guy. Uh, his fight with the Amazons gives the Amazons more time to really like show what they can do. There's extended scenes with Aquaman that brings in William Defoe's character and kind of establishes what his whole deal is and connects it more to the Aquaman movie. Um there's Mira has a British accent for some reason. Uh um, but it works. It works. It's I'm, weird, I'm, I'm, but it I'm works. Here for it. Uh there's extended scenes of Steppenwolf kind of setting up his plan, which also introduces homeboy Darkseid. Darkseid actually is like a staple character in this. He's both in flashbacks and we actually do get to see modern Darkseid obviously setting up what was supposed to be. Um, The nightmare makes more of an appearance, Mm -hmm. um, both in kind of little flashes throughout the thing. And then there's an extended epilogue that does feature a new nightmare sequence which does feature Jared Leto's Joker, which does kind of fix Jared Leto's Joker. Jared Leto does a really good job oh, as that Joker. So good. I do have to say, though, I do have to say, I'm probably going to catch flack for this. I love the nightmare concept, and I love what he was doing with that scene, but the nightmare sequence was my least favorite sequence of this movie. It was kind of cringy and you could really tell that the actors doing it knew this movie was dead not going anywhere and didn't really want to be there doing it like it it just it felt like a well-acted but low funded fan film you know what i mean I like it felt that. like somebody doing a fan film with like they somehow got ben affleck to do their like youtube fan film but like when he <laughs> showed up on screen and he was like all right i'll take my hundred fifty thousand dollars," they were like oh no, that was $150. <laughs> but we have donuts. And he's like, Ugh. fine, I never break a contract. <laughs> and just, like, did it, you know? Um, Jared did a really good Jared job. Jared did though. a really, really good job, but it just... It was it, a good joker. You could tell it was added on and was... <sighs> You know what I mean? Like you could tell people kind of knew potentially in because that was entirely reshot, right? Like that was entirely new. The... I
0: think so because I don't believe Jared or did, did they just? Shots. No,
1: yeah, he did. He definitely didn't do shots in the original one. But I'm just I'm trying to think of it now, and I don't remember if we ever see the other characters with Joker. But that would have been weird if they had like some other Joker in there. We would have heard about that anyway. Um, yes, that whole sequence felt a little like. These people know this isn't going anywhere. But it don't was still I?
0: exciting. Like it, it yeah. was sad kind of, but also still really exciting because you're like, is there any way we can we can fix it? <laughs> is there any way we could start like a bunch of change.orgs <laughs> to try and get this mm-hmm. keep moving? Like, come on, yeah. man! Everybody petition, everybody, everybody push for <laughs> Justice League two. Yeah. Yeah. Um I I feel like um the initial representation of Wonder Woman wasn't as um good as this representation was. I actually feel like um I should have seen it coming and I should have understood it. But I look back now and Joss treated Diana the way that Joss treats Black Widow which is to say an afterthought Um, and in this iteration Diana doesn't feel like an afterthought she is much more present and in charge and her alignment following Wonder Woman 1984 which you heard our review that was not great Um, it's it felt better. Yeah. Like the initial introduction sequence we get of her in this just felt mm-hmm. you're like, oh, thank goodness. Well, yeah, <laughs> her
1: connection kind of her connection to the mother boxes and information about the mother boxes is different. Um and yeah, her overall kind of involvement with the team and founding the team with Bruce is considerably different. Um and yeah, I just looked it up real quick to make sure I wasn't Totally off base, but the entire nightmare sequence was filmed new. Okay, so it's that probably makes for the tone. You can tell. You can just tell. Yeah, like when you watch it, you'll see like the actors kind of just seem like, okay, let's <laughs> time to dress up like Batman again, and you know, time
0: to do this thing that we're probably not going to get to do again. these
1: lines that aren't going to matter and stuff, and um, which, which is kind of heartbreaking. Which is a bummer. It's kind of heartbreaking because it's it's a cool sequence and it sets up. It's you know again. According to what's being said, it sets up what was Zach's plans all along for what was going to happen in Justice League 2 and stuff. Um, And it's just, yeah, it's it's probably my least favorite scene in terms of watching it acted out. But I love the concept of it. Like, I love the setting of it and the costumes and the concept overall and what it would have led to um yeah but it's just the 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 acting's kind of rough because like i said probably all of those actors were like yeah okay fine and it was also shot during a pandemic so you know um (laughs) so hey uh other things that are new i've already mentioned that cyborg and flash get a bunch of kind of preamble scenes setting up certain things as well as our introduction to the uh actor who's going to be playing iris west in uh The Flash movie, which is cool. She's she's adorable, and I'm really excited to have her in that. Um and the a few flashback sequences are changed to take Steppenwolf out of it and put Darkseid into it. We also get a ton of cameos from really important characters in the DC universe. I won't spoil those, but that sequence is hella good. And then finally, like Superman's whole resurrection is handled better, which was another one of my big complaints. Is that this huge Superman story arc was just super constricted into like a tiny amount of time. Uh, but his resurrection, kind of remembering who he is and remembering what he stands for, is really uh, given its fair due. And you know, Henry Cavill, great Superman. He I'm super really glad well. he got. He also got redemption.
0: We, uh, we had a rule as we were watching it because it's so long. We each had one individual time where we could pause the film if we needed like a mm-hmm. bathroom break or anything. Otherwise, it was like, I'll just catch you up when you come back. Um, my pause was done because there was a character reveal that I was so unprepared for. And the way it was done was so good yeah i burst into tears and we had to pause so i could collect myself because i was so fangirling and unprepared it's yeah like i like chris said it's an absolute love letter to people of the fan base yeah
1: these are just some of the changes it's really really good it's very well done some of the cgi is pretty rudimentary um it's good like it's not it's not like it's like Ugh, it looks like polygons and yeah. shit like it, it's good it's just you know they didn't have a when they show dark side they don't have an actor for dark side so they didn't have like a joss brolin face on dark side right. it's just like look it's like a 3d dark side you dude. know it's like i took the injustice model for dark side and put them on the screen yeah. you know um which fine i'm fine with that huh. um it's more violent it's more bloody this is rated r keep that in mind uh there's not any boobs there's a few f-words like two f-words three f-words uh but they're well done they're not like gratuitous like you know flash tripping and dropping an f-bomb um it was good it's worth four hours if you got four hours you know you're gonna be you know watching every episode of falcon winter soldier when it comes out so just treat this like that watch like one hour a night Well, and
0: I mean, I hate to say this, but you're getting this rave review from two people who are probably the biggest skeptics of the Snyder Cut that had existed.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, yeah, no, I have dunked on the entire DCEU more than LeBron James getting paid like $50,000 to do a pickup game with like a little league you know what I mean I'm just over here dunking on these fools (laughs) like just day in day out I wake up I don't even have coffee in the mornings I just dunk on the DCU and that gets me going Um, I'll admit it like I've I've been all up in their grill just drilling them
0: I wasn't looking forward to it I was just like uh four hours uh
1: yeah and uh but it was good it it fixed a lot it made the overall the overarching narrative and the overarching themes of all the movies it it's it's funny because it's it's not so much ripples it's more like they put this project down and the project kind of like an amoeba just like flung out little tendrils and connected all these movies better yeah you know like it was just like and it's like in um, Spider-Man 3, how the Venom thing works. So it's like, yeah, you know, yeah. and like little tendrils come out and like grab shit. Um, That's what it felt like. Yeah. It felt like this movie happened. And now all these things that were like weird kind of distant <laughs> disjunct things just streamline and work. Yeah. You know, they fire better. And like I said, having four years to read comments and be like, what could have worked better? That'll do it. You know, we're being told that a lot of this stuff is stuff that was on the editing, the cutting room floor. From before time. You know, there's a lot of work that can be done in editing. Never underestimate the power of editing. It's true. But yeah, it's impressive. It was fun. It was a fun four hours. I definitely think it's worth watching. It made me cry, guys. If you don't have (laughs) HBO Max, maybe watch it with a friend who does or consider getting HBO Max. Uh, at least for this. There's plenty of good stuff on HBO. I, I've seen plenty of good shows on there, but and HBO Max is planning on doing more and more DC stuff. So sure. I will say, however, um, over the weekend, the, the news cycle has changed considerably about potentially more Zack Snyder Justice League stuff in that the first day, first two days, there were a lot of articles coming out being like, rumor has it. That WB is interested in doing more Justice League with Zack Snyder if this project's successful. And then as of like today, there's a bunch of articles that are like, no, that's not true. Here's all these WB people saying that that's not true. This is dead. Don't expect more. Move on with your lives. So I'm just putting that out there to reiterate, accept this as its own thing. Accept this as an interesting piece of... D.C. extended universe history. And then that way, if there is a Justice League 2, you'll be happy and surprised. But you'll be hardened against the eventuality that there's not. You
0: guys don't know it, but he's saying this as much to me as he is to you because I'm sitting here pouting, being like, no, but I want stuff.
1: Was it that obvious? Was me staring you directly in the eyes as I was saying that? (laughs) That obvious?
0: Yes, but I want
1: stuff. So anyway... Zack Snyder, thank you. That was really, really good. Yeah, thank you. Uh, You did a good job. I'm sorry for dunking on you as much as I have in the past. I still will have my qualms about the Watchmen movie. This didn't fix that. (laughs) But you know what? 300 was fun.
0: HBO does a lot to fix Zack Snyder's isms, huh?
1: (laughs) Dude, the Watchmen show is great. Anyway... um, (laughs) so now we're gonna segue into our real extra about the Watchmen show so the Watchmen, no um <laughs> that'd be a real twist 45 minutes in we're like buckle up uh <laughs> ain't
0: nobody got time for that <laughs> yeah.
1: then we segue into a graphic novelties where we just talk about Watchmen, and then we segue that into a secret short box for alan moore which would be a quick episode because it would be like probably nothing <laughs> Yeah, I feel like Alan Moore is the type of person that you're like, "Hey, Alan Moore, what type of comics do you like to read?" And he's like, "Comics are dumb." And you're like, "Oh, okay."
0: What's the comic book equivalent of wood whittling? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's probably it.
1: Alan Moore's Secret box is just a bunch of Alan Moore comics. <laughs> that's probably not true. He probably he probably does enjoy a lot of different varieties of comics. He's just also. Alan Moore. Uh, (laughs) So before I go insulting comic greats anymore, uh, that has been it for us. Thank you for listening. Um, If you want more Cover B episodes, including more real extras, as well as secret short box and graphic novelties, like we just talked about, as well as our regular weekly episodes where every week, if this is your first episode, every week we do an episode on Saturday where we talk about books that we are suggesting that are new or good jumping on points uh, from the previous Wednesday's comics. Uh, so check those out. Those are posted every single Saturday, and we have a whole archive of them available at coverbepodcast.com.
0: That's right. And you can also, if you're interested in having good updates on news and fan art and fun little web comics and things like that, we're also on social media on Facebook and Twitter at coverbepodcast. And keep an eye out because we're soon going to be present on Instagram and TikTok as well.
1: Heck yeah. Look out, Zoomers.
0: That's right. We're coming for you. We're coming for you. <laughs> anyway, until next time, we will see y'all on the next episode of Cover B.
1: Bye, guys. Bye.